windows. Lock your doors. Keep your loved ones near. Time is running out. It's here for fear. Thank you for joining us. We're here for fear, and this is Donovan. And I'm Rick. And today we're going to be talking about 1986's Night of the Creeps. Uh, basically, uh, it starts out in 1959. Uh, it's uh, an alien experiment uh, crashes to Earth and infects a fraternity member. They freeze the body, but in the modern day, which would be 1986, uh, two geeks pledge in a fraternity accidentally thaw the corpse, which uh, proceeds to infect the campus with parasites that transforms their hosts into killer zombies. So, Night of the Creeps, 1986, they're calling it American science fiction horror comedy. I remember this when this came out. I saw it. I liked it. It's, it's kind of cheesy, which I'm totally into, campy, and, uh, and it has Tom Atkins. I mean, you know, how much better can you get than that? The Fog, Creep Show, uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Escape from New York. So, uh, what did you think? This movie was bad. (laughs) I did not like this movie. Um, I wish I liked this movie. I can tell that uh, the guy who made this movie really loved horror movies. I just wish this movie was actually good. Um, I did a little research on the reception for this movie. Um, A quick Google search will yield something like a 72 Rotten Tomatoes score. Which is surprisingly high, especially compared to uh, the Rotten Tomato score for the movie we watched last week, which was a Happy Birthday to Me, that had the inverse score at like twenty seven percent. I would flip those movies easily. Really? Happy Birthday to Me seventy two. This movie twenty seven. Oh, no. So many things uh, in this movie did not work for me, and <sighs> I'm I'm bummed to say it, especially considering how much you like this movie. I do like it because yeah. it's 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 cheesy, it, it's campy, and it does that on purpose it's not trying to be a serious movie and that's why i think it, it, it succeeded um i yeah you're right I, I i did some research as well it bombed i mean i god i think it made five six hundred thousand dollars uh fred fred uh, decker was the was the director on this um he wrote it he directed i think he wrote it in god two weeks you know, is that true? Because that's insane. That's what I, I, yeah, that's what I read. I believe in the special features. I think, yeah, he, he, he had an idea, and and he was throwing all kinds of crazy stuff in the script because he just thought it was a cool idea. You know, so all of these different things, you know, going on, very cheesy, very campy, very kind of B, you know, kind of B ish, you know, type of movie. Um, I'll say this movie was written in two weeks. I totally understand all this movie's failings. Then um, this this feels like first draft work. Um, but I will give credit where credit is due. Every setup in this movie is essentially paid off. Um, and if you take into account the the original ending with the spaceship, even the sort of non sequitur intro has a payoff to an extent. Um, 
lots of payoffs to setups. Bad movies don't do this very well. And as much as I do not like this movie, I will give credit where credit is due. Everything that's set up is paid off. Um, I don't remember everything that is set up offhand. Uh, we've got the fire. Um, we've got the axe murderer. Yeah. We have uh, the detective, Tom Atkins. Yeah, I love Tom Atkins. Thrill me. We have all the... <laughs> thrill me. You don't like that. I, no. I love thrill me. No, nah, dude. Thrill I mean... me sucks. <laughs> you know in uh, Mean Girls, you remember Mean Girls where uh, one of the girls says fetch all the time? Yes. That's what I... I could not help thinking about fetch while I was watching this movie. What? Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's like Fred Decker was writing thrill me. <laughs> Trying to make it work, and the movies. I wish I counted. It's well over five times. I think he says it like five times. Um, Three should have been top. Oh man, it I, doesn't make sense. The very first time you, he Tom Atkins says it on the phone, it doesn't make. What do you mean, thrill me? You mean talk to me and tell me what's going yeah, on? Tell me something good. That's not tell what me that means. Juicy. You know, don't bore me. <laughs> I think that's what he means by thrill me. Well, it's you don't obtuse. bore me. You can tell he's just this hard ass. He's this hard ass detective. And, you know, the smoking, the drinking. He drives a. He's still stuck in like the fifties with his old car. Listens to the old music in his in his in his crappy ass apartment. You know, smokes, drinks. He's just a hard ass. So I think thrill me is is they're saying, look, don't bore me. Just get to it. Give me some juicy shit. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, you're not. Well, I think you are. <laughs> but you're not. Uh, all opinions are valid. Uh, is it what? hokey? Yes, it's yeah. hokey. It's supposed to be hokey. That's the point. And I, that's why I love it so much. Because as we go on with episode and episode and we do cheesy, campy movies, I friggin' love them. And, and, I, and, I, and do I love this movie? I mean, no, I don't know. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I really like it. You know, music's cool. Acting's cool. I mean, there's some cool special effects, you know. This gets but, back to me thinking this is first draft work. And the fact that this was written in two weeks doesn't, does, doesn't surprise me. Like, he didn't have time to develop all these ideas then. Um, true. Uh, yeah, I can like, see that. It's, it's, it's when you see, like, this very wordy, trying-to-be-clever dialogue like you do in the first act of this movie. Namely, when uh, JC and what's the other guy's name? Uh, JC and uh, Chris. Chris. Yeah. So you got yeah yeah the the two main guy characters. Uh, Jason Lively plays Chris Romero and and um, J- JC uh, is his is his friend who's um, you know what is he is he is he I mean he 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 walks around with crutches is he has he never been able to walk uh, is that is he is he did he get in an accident maybe he was. I mean, essentially, I don't know, crippled or something. Yeah, I think it's. Implied. I like him. I, he's he's a cool character. He's a cool. He's a cool '80s character. He's a cool '80s character sidekick. Uh, this movie does JC dirty. That's for sure. Yes, they do. They do him super dirty. You and know, we can talk about I that later. Like. But I, you know, rewatching this, you know, this this whole movie has a certain feel. But JC's death, so spoiler alert, uh, feels feels different than the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, but but I guess we're we're kind of again once again getting off uh, getting off track. Let's kind of start at the beginning. So so uh, yeah, we're kind of talking about that uh, beginning of the movie. Uh, alien stuff happens. I guess we kind of oh dude, we forgot all this stuff. Okay, um, alien 
three aliens, two aliens are chasing another alien. <laughs> yeah. The aliens have got like these silicon masks. There's no expression. It's the same expression. Yeah. They look exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, uh, and it's 1986. I mean, could they have done a better job on the aliens? Maybe. Maybe. They're, maybe there's commentary terrible. here. You know, we think all aliens look the same, and that's our mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, two aliens are chasing another one with uh, alien guns. They shoot at him. This third alien is able to get away. Well, he doesn't get away, but he's able to do what he's trying to do. Yeah, which is, yeah, he's got some, it looks like a kind of like a, a tube of some sort. Yes, an alien tube. Yeah. With like, with goo, and, goo inside. We don't, actually don't know what's inside it when he's he's launching this. Um, yeah. And, uh, when, when we're, and, and, you know, it's funny is is we're, we're kind of puzzled, like, what, what's happening here? Why is he, you know, why is he shooting this thing into space? Yeah, we. You know, this experiment. We, we get in media res on this one. Um, we have no idea what's going on. Uh, I do believe the aliens communicate. And there's two sets of subtitles. There's alien subtitles and English subtitles, you know, for the aliens in the audience. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the alien is able to launch this thing. The two aliens that are chasing this other alien know this is bad. Oh, that's not supposed to leave the spaceship. Unfortunately, it does. Uh and space is huge. In all likelihood, this should go nowhere. <laughs> well, yeah. But unfortunately, it lands on Earth in 1956. Yeah. Uh, 19, 1959. 1959. 1959, anywhere America. Yeah, right? anywhere, anywhere America. Yeah. Uh, you you have, uh, I think it's a guy and a, the, the, the guy and the girl, they're, they're chilling out at whatever, you know, like in every 50s, 50s anything, there's a something point and that's where they go and they and they look at the they look at the moon and essentially they make out right make out get you know get the groove on well this is 1959 so all they're really doing is cuddling together cuddling together right that's all that existed back then yeah so they see this they see this thing coming at them uh it it it, it, i think it passes over their head crashes you know in the in the in the woods of course the guy being a guy is is uh he's intrigued so he, you know, they, he goes, he drives over to that area to investigate. In the meantime, there's a, uh, there's a report out on the radio that there is a, 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 a what is it, an, an escaped a mental patient that has killed a bunch of people. Coincidentally, uh, the last time this patient was seen was right where <laughs> they are now parked. The right. guy, the guy leaves his girlfriend to go investigate with this murderer out. She's in the car freaking out. Um, so he goes to investigate. Um, I think he goes to open up the, I don't know. He, no, touch, he, no, he doesn't. Does open he open anything. it? Does he touch it? I think it all breaks he does, open or something. All he does is look at it and he goes in for a closer look. And then the thing pops and out. And the thing pops out and, and uh, goes into his mouth. Yeah. It's like a slug. Um, uh, looks like, yeah, it's like a slug. In the meantime, his, his girlfriend is, is what being, being, uh, chopped up by this, uh, this escaped, uh, you know, mental patient. Um, then, uh, I believe, isn't it too around the time where the, um, her ex-boyfriend, which, which we find out later would be Tom Atkins, uh, character, uh, which is, uh, a detective, uh, uh, Ray Cameron, um, he had just recently broke up with this girl, witnesses the, the, the essentially the butchering of his ex-girlfriend. Um, and then I think we, I think we, what, fast forward to, to 1986. 
Yep, the distant future, uh, 1986. 1986, distant future, yeah. Uh, I believe we... I, I think this is when we are introduced to... Uh, you know, uh, our two protagonists, yeah, uh, yeah. Casey and uh, Chris. And uh, Chris, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a 1986 college town. Uh, frat sororities everywhere. Yeah, um, what were uh, Corman Corman <laughs> University, which which we will find as the movie plays out. Uh, Fred Decker purposely wrote he 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 would na- he named the the university. Uh, Corman University after the producer and longtime director Roger Corman, and then as we as we go along, we, we find out all the all the uh, character names are either a science fiction director or horror director. We can talk about that later, but you know Romero, Cronenberg, yeah, know, Carpenter, and this is where like my criticism comes in. Like you can tell this guy loves horror movies, he, yeah, and he does. Y- you can like look at the names as just like simple homages, which I think is what he intended. But if you were to, like, that's just so surface level. If you were to just, like, roll with this idea where all your characters are named after famous uh, horror movie directors or any sort of horror person. Sci-fi directors. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And then just go, like, soup, just go crazy with it. You're already trying to do that. Um, if it's just, it's just, it's just so coincidental that all these characters have these names, right? Yeah. You know, it's almost, it's, it's, almost, it's, it's like a boy with his toys and he's giving them the fancy names. I want to be able to see the boy playing with the toys in this movie, but I don't. And I feel that if uh, Decker did that with this movie, this movie would be better for it. Yeah. But we know, don't see him play with his toys. And no, that's what yeah. bothers me with, with this movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I yeah, he, he's obviously a, a huge fan of the genre. Nothing wrong with that. One or two is okay, but every single person, you know, there was Raimi and there was uh, Hooper and uh, the, it was like everybody. And it was like, okay, already, you know, yeah, because how many Cronenbergs do you do you meet, <laughs> you know? But uh, so we have we have the two, you know, two characters, JC um, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Chris. They're, they're walking through, I think this is in the evening. They're looking to pledge, right? They're looking to pledge uh, fraternity. No, they're not. They're just out on the town. They're not looking to pledge yet. Oh, and then they right. happen yeah, to yeah. see uh, uh, who's the love interest in this in this movie. Oh, Cynthia, Cynthia Thank Cronenberg. You. Yeah, she's Cynthia and Cronenberg. Yeah, she's 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 definitely eighties hot. Um, yeah, um, that's how the movie frames her too. Yeah, Chris uh, Chris sees her across the way and is immediately in love. Yep, he's immediately smitten by this woman who he has yeah. not met at all. <laughs> yeah, at all, yeah. He just thinks she's super cute and uh, he would do anything to be with her. Um, yeah, follows her, I think, into one of the, into the frats, right? Yep. And she's got, like, she's got a guy that she's talking to, complete doofus. Yeah, Biff. Biff, is that his name? No, it's <laughs> not his name. It's, I don't think his name is but Biff. But that, that guy's name is, you know, essentially Biff. Biff, right? He's just this idiot jock complete stereotype of the the 1980s um did he had a unibrow did he have a unibrow yeah he had a unibrow oh my god why do they do that it just annoys the shit out of me he's a moron um she's you know i think if i remember correctly jc uh jc uh befriends her talks to her right this is is what i'm saying about jc jc is cool well he's not great but he's cool um, JC's a he's a he, cool, he's a very I, I, he's a very likable character. He the thing is with him as you go on in the movie, he is I, I mean you know Chris is his best friend and he loves the guy, 
and would do just about anything for him. You know, JC with being in crutches and being crippled, he feels that he's, uh, you know, hindered, you know, so he's going to kind of live through his, his buddy. So if his buddy's in love, I'm going to do what I can to hook them up. Yeah. This is what sucks. Uh, JC is a cool dude. Yeah. He's disabled. Uh, yeah. Within the logic of this movie, that means he cannot get a girlfriend um, or a boyfriend. It's not clear what sexuality JC is. Um, but he totally could. When he goes to yeah. Cynthia, dude. He's got he's got game. Yeah, he's got chemistry <laughs> with everybody. Yeah. He can talk to anybody. What are you anybody. talking about? You can't get a girlfriend. You can't get laid, which is also I hate this trope. And I see this is the thing. I want him to criticize this trope. Because this was definitely a trope at the time, but he doesn't do anything with it. He just rolls along with it. And that's not fun for me. I want to see you mess with the trope and subvert my expectations. But yeah, he wingmans Chris so well. He's the bomb. Yeah, he does. He's the greatest. Um, and they do JC dirty. JC, if you wanted to go out with Cynthia, you could have gone out with Cynthia. You can go without any with any person in this room, dude. Yeah, but he just I, I think his disability thinks no, he just can't it's Decker saying, Oh yeah, this guy's yeah, disabled and he yeah, can't do anything. Yeah, kind of wrote it yeah, wrote him that way. Yeah. Dude, Jason's the fucking the shit. Yeah. Um He's a cool guy. Dude, anyone with the wit with wit like that can be friends with anybody, is is what I'm trying to say. Yes. And you and you look past that. hundred percent. Look past, yeah. But the <laughs> Maybe this is a symptom of the times, but in our lens of 2020, this is not an issue at all, the fact that this guy's in crutches. But for whatever reason, JC thinks so, um, probably because Deckard thinks so. And so the movie thinks so. And that's a huge shame because JC, um, despite doing some stupid shit later on, does not deserve anything he gets in this movie. Um, So yeah, anyway, uh, JC Wingman's... uh, Chris. Chris with Cynthia. We found out find out that Cynthia has a boyfriend and this very nice girl. I mean, she is very nice. Um, she is very nice. She is very nice. Her boyfriend is the is the quintessential eighties frat leader. He's just a douchebag. He's a douchebag. You know the 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 the, the dyed blonde hair doesn't give a shit about anybody. He's yeah. I mean, right? Typical. T- typical frat guy, beta epsilon. I don't know, beta epsilon. I guess you know. Yeah, and <laughs> beta whatever. Yeah, or, you know it doesn't really matter. It's um, Decker, you know, the, Decker's going into his bag of tropes and cliches, pulling them out, saying oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that is I recognize a total eighties cliche. The the blonde douchebag boyfriend. But I would love it if hey maybe this guy wasn't a douchebag. What if we find out he wasn't a douchebag? <laughs> but he is a douchebag. He is a douche. He's a huge douche. Uh, you're supposed to hate this guy. You do hate him by the end of the movie and by his eventual death. Um, but uh, this is the guy Cynthia's with, and this is the guy that uh, Chris has to uh, fight for. This is an '80s movie. This is an '80s horror movie. It's a it's it's about the girl movie, right? This yeah. guy just wants to yeah. get with the girl. Get with the girl. Um, yeah, become and, become a hero. You know, save the day. You know, yeah. um, <coughs> you know, happy ending. <laughs> you know, well, that's where we're heading towards. Um, so, 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 Chris and and JC, what they decide to to pledge Beta, 
beta of course has no uh they're, they're really never going to let them in they give them this task to complete do this and we'll let you, you know maybe let you in or consider you but you know well, come on these guys are never going to let them in they're they're not beta material right no what's funny is it's not even um it, there, there's one leader and that's that's the the boyfriend what's his name um the, oh gosh i forget his damn name uh is it is it brad does that oh, sound yeah. right <laughs> brad. It's, it's the bradster it's the, i yeah. don't think they call him the bradster no he calls himself he calls he calls himself uh, the bradster did his license plate say yeah. Brad? That's right. And he also answers the phone from to Cynthia saying, hey, this is the Bradster. Oh, my God. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. he's more of a douche. Um, yeah, you're not supposed to like this guy. <laughs> Decker definitely doesn't like this guy. Um, you, know, you know, really fast, you know what they try to do with this guy is they try to make him Johnny from The Karate Kid. Yeah, because the hair doesn't look natural. It looks like it's completely dyed, like overly blonde, and they they make him to be some just like I said, some a hole. And it and it reminded me of of Johnny, you know, from Cobra Kai and and Karate Kid, which God was that eighty four. I can't remember, but that would have been a couple years earlier. But anyways, uh. So why do they want it? Oh yeah, Chris says that in order to get uh, have a shot with Cynthia, because you know JC knows that Cynthia has a boyfriend. Chris doesn't. Uh, JC says, "Hey Chris, you got a shot, buddy." And then Chris is like, "Okay, how do I spend time with Cynthia? How do I get her to notice me?" Yeah, you know, <laughs> this guy has nothing better to do than this. He uh, decides that I will get into a frat, and that's how I'll get to Cynthia. Um, so he wants to pledge at the very same frat that the Bradster is, I guess, the head of. <laughs> yeah, the Bradster, yeah. I, okay. Yeah, like I said, Beta Epsilon, I don't know, some some fraternity. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, it, right? I mean, it doesn't no, matter. No, it doesn't. It's, um, it's every damn 80s frat. Yeah. Uh, so he pledges with them. He says, okay, you want to get in this frat, you got to do something cool. Yeah. They're like half sucks with an animal. They're like, oh, we're not that type of horror uh, 80s movie. Um, so instead, how about you grab a... A cadaver. A cadaver yes. from the the, the, the the university's morgue. Yeah, their medical center. And yeah. put it up on uh, X's sorority. I think it's the rival fraternity house. I think, hey, go, go put it at the rival fraternity house. And that's a cool prank. And hey, you know. Yeah, desecrating a corpse is super funny. So go ahead and do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think what Chris and JC they they go to this uh, this medical uh, this medical center which God is just hilarious on how how easy it is to get into right <laughs> yeah that's one of the bits I kind of liked like this grad student who looks like he's in his forties but this grad student yeah, he is. Uh, just doesn't remember the code and he's like one digit off <laughs> he's one digit off one yeah. digit off and he he has to make a phone call <laughs> he has to go to the payphone. Deposit a quarter that these costed yeah. money back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then go make the telephone call. Ask the person what what's that password again? And of course now And now, the fun so, the fun the guy doesn't even know either. He has to go into a book, find a book, and find yeah, a password. Yeah, yeah. What's funny? He wrote the password down. How do you not remember this four digit code? So so now let me You're a grad student. How do you not remember yeah, how, a do you code? Not, how do you not remember the code? Especially, and the code can't be that long. A couple of digits, four or five. I mean, come on. Well, this thing should be insanely long because what houses the, the room that this code is protecting is a freaking uh, cadaver with alien slugs in it. Yeah, that, the, 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 
the the guy from 1959. Yeah, the know? guy, the boyfriend that died from you 1959. Know? He, they're what cryo? Uh, what is it? He's in some. What is he? Cry- in some cryogenic chamber or something? You know, cryogenic. But now, now, look, this is this is probably off task and and dumb. And I'm just thinking about nowadays. But wouldn't you, when you go to plug in the password? If you go and leave and go make a phone call and you're gone 15 minutes, wouldn't the the, the essentially the keypad reset? Hundred percent. Right. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Probably stupid, but anyways. Um. So, <laughs> a lot of coincidence in the in this movie. Um. While Jace, well, this guy, while this grad student is doing his thing at the telephone, trying to figure out what the password is, JC and Chris stumble upon it. JC. Hits zero. Oh, that's the last uh, digit. <laughs> Boom. This thing, this door opens. They go inside. It's super futuristic tech. Lots of big old computers yeah. that are the size of a, a whole room. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then there's the focal point is uh, this very pretty boy from the ni- from 1959. He's yeah. naked. Uh, he's always got some undies on. Yeah, he's, I think he's, he's in his, yeah, his, his uh, you know, fruit looms or whatever, his white. He's frozen. Tiny whiteies. He's frozen. We don't know why this guy's frozen, but hey, that's a corpse. Perfect. JC and uh, well, Chris has qualms about the whole the whole thing. Like, whoa, what what's up with all this stuff? This is weird. JC is just super. Well, this is where he gets dumb. Clearly, this is uh, not a normal cadaver. Any sane person, you know, cu- cu- curious or not, probably wouldn't unfreeze this this cadaver. Yeah, I mean, but then we wouldn't have a movie, um, and we wouldn't have <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't yeah. have a B movie. So JC uh, twirls some knobs, um, hits some buttons, and then undoes the cryogenesis. Yeah, or you know what I'm trying to? I don't know. Yeah, the yeah, the, yeah, the stasis. Yeah, releases releasing the releasing the body. They they freak out, run out. They pass the the grad student. Yeah, you know. So we got the the the, the, the think. Do you know what I couldn't help thinking about this part is if he just remembered the code, this whole thing <laughs> this wouldn't, have whole thing wouldn't have happened. But <laughs> even more so, the grad student wouldn't be dead because him yeah. forgetting the code is a a a, de- a grave mistake, like yeah. grave, as in like the definition of the word grave. <laughs> um, so they release the cadaver. They try to move the cadaver so they can bring it to a frat, the rival frat house. The cadaver grabs one of their arms. They freak out, run yeah, away, run out. get out of here. Yeah, pa- and then pass they the grad student. Pass the grad student. Grad student doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, he goes to investigate, mm-hmm. and then boom, cadaver strangles strangles him to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, did at that point to the. I don't remember. No, when the he slugs. does not. The slugs, no, because because the slugs would be would be later because uh, the the 1959 kid ends up going yeah. back to the, the sorority where he had um, he had picked up his his girlfriend. Okay, you know, well, twenty something a, years later, does a slug go inside the grad student's mouth? Then? So I don't I don't because, think so because, because he does get <clears throat> slugs in the body. No, because I think when, at this point, um, you know, uh, Tom Atkins' character, Detective Ray Cameron, uh, he's he's called to the lab. Yeah. And he did. He he discovers the body. I believe it's of the it's it's of the grad student. Um, and so uh, yeah. And yeah. Then Tom Atkins gives uh, his officers a whole bunch of shit. 
because they're grossly incompetent. And of course, uh, only Tom Atkins knows how to do proper police work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard ass police work. Yeah. Well, you can say hard ass. I can also say something in his ass because that's how he behaves in this movie. He's grouchy all the time. Yeah. But I mean, but we, we understand why though. We, you know, as the movie goes along, we understand kind of what made him to be this way, you know, uh, and we, we can talk about that later, but I mean, he is that way for a reason. You know, he he witnessed in 1959 his ex-girlfriend being hacked up by this, this you know, escaped mental patient. That would screw anyone up, you know. And then during the course of however many years being a detective, seeing all the shit that he's seen, you know, he just, beca- it's it's like, again, we say this a lot, but, but cliche, detective, you know, I drink, I smoke, you know, I thought it was interesting. He was, it felt like he was kind of still stuck in the fifties. Like I said earlier with his old, his old car. I don't remember what it was, but I, I found that to be interesting. You know, he's rolling around in this old car. I almost felt that was, it was too forced to me. I, I get it. It was, I mean, I get it. No, like, this whole movie is forced to me. That's, yeah. that's the funny thing. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. I, I no, I don't. Uh, I don't have uh, the same relationship with Tom Atkins as you do. I love Tom Atkins. And what's funny is he, uh, I've, I've uh, watched interviews uh, with him about this movie. And of all the movies he's done, and he's done a lot, this is his favorite movie. Really? Yes. The, I just think it's, I think it's cool. This is his favorite movie. He yeah. had a blast making it. Do you, yeah. You thought he was having fun? I guess. Thanks. I just, I don't like the, the, the lines he's saying. I don't think they work. I don't think they're effective. I don't think they're funny. I don't think they're interesting. And I was bored listening to all, all listening to his performance because of that. Because I didn't like the writing. The writing was so it well, was it was trying way too hard. Yeah. No. And we we established that. We agree with that. And if this thing was banged out in two weeks, well, we know why. Well. Uh, well. All right. So yeah, two weeks is not enough time to write you know, 120 page horror movie scripts, but old boy was written in a day. So I don't know. You've got your extremes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so let's, let's get back. So, so, uh, you know, he, uh, Tom Atkins or detective Ray Cameron shows up to the cryogenics lab. Uh, you know, the, the body that, uh, I, you know, we know being the, the kid from 1959 is, is missing, but we have a dead body, which is the grad student. Um, I believe now we're, we're uh, the, the, the corpse or the kid from 1959 with the slugs in him makes it back to, like I said, the sorority house where he picked up his date, you know, 27 years ago. Um, I think, it, uh, doesn't he knock on the window? I think he knocks on the window because because earlier in the movie he was throwing rocks at his girlfriend's window. So he knocks on the window, um, uh, you know, uh, our, our uh, Cynthia, you know, um, maybe it was the, I'm, I'm going to assume it was the, the same bedroom from 1959. So he goes there, Cynthia, you know, it's her bedroom now discovers them, uh, you know, uh, his head splits open and, and releases the slugs. Um, detective Cameron is called to the scene there. And this is that part. Of, I think this is that part, right? Where he gets called in and it's, and uh, he stops to smell the roses. I fucking love this part. It's so like almost out of character because we start to, like we were talking. He's such a hard ass and and this and that. And but then he 
he stops before he heads into this sorority to find out what's going on. He stops to smell the roses. I fucking love this part. I, it's so, uh, from what I read is he improvised it. It just seems, it seems like it fits, but doesn't fit in the movie. What? I'm glad you like this because I'm glad that you'd be able to find any enjoyment out of this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I, I like it when uh, an actor's performance seems natural and uh, it lends itself to the character work. Uh, I can, it, it just makes them feel human. And I will say this is probably the most human that character feels. Every other time that character is on screen, he feels like he's a character being written written by someone and that's how i think like all these characters feel in this movie is i i can see the the puppetry i can see them being written um and i, I don't like that uh, you can especially see it with like jc chris actually basically all the major players cynthia is barely a character in this movie she's really just there to be one yeah she really is um yeah yeah i agree with that um and i think that's my issue with this movie well my one of my issues with this movie and that's my issue with Tom Atkins' characters too, um, but yeah, that's. I mean, you're you're turning me around on that one moment. I do like that moment now that you bring it up. When I rewatched this, it really caught my attention. Like I I had seen this movie several times before, and for some reason, I just uh, I gravitated towards that scene. I, I was like, we have this, you know, we have this this science fiction horror movie, slugs and all these things happening, you know. Um, you know, an axed up girlfriend years earlier. And then he, he's called to the scene and he just stops to smell the roses. And it's just this, uh, this smile. I don't, it was, it was cool. Um, I think we like movies because, you know, we, we like a good story. Um, we like good fiction. Um, but I think we also like reveling in our humanity and it's little moments like that. That's remind us of that. You know, um, I know this is on a different, a, a different level but it happens in Lord of the Rings um, when Gandalf is in Bilbo's house he hits his head yeah that was not supposed to happen um, who, who plays Gandalf I'm so sorry I don't remember um, Ian Ian uh, yes uh, damn it Ian I can't Ian McKellen Ian McKellen I, yeah, I know right we I'm should, so we should, sorry we should like totally uh, we know should this. know this but we don't I'm so Ian sorry McKellen or Ian that sounds right to me yeah. he hits his head and that makes the character feel so much more real. Yeah. And that's the moments I think we really love in movies. Yeah, he's this he's this towering figure in this in in this in this home where, you know, and yeah, and he hits yeah. No, that's a good part. Yeah. I like yeah. That. I mean that I love stuff like that. Or in Die Hard where uh which part in Die Hard? Um oh my god, where Alan thank you, Alan Rickman. Oh yeah. Where Alan Rickman is being dropped from the tower. Yes. That's another moment that... I love uh, that part. Uh, the stunt guys told him that we're going to release you on three, but they released him on two. Yeah. And so when he's dropped, that's like Alan Rickman being genuinely terrified. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's things that make a movie seem real that aren't necessarily scripted are, are, are fantastic. Okay, well, like, and, I, yeah, I, and mean, I guess that's why we like the roast Well, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, uh, Django, when, when uh, you know, when, uh, what's his name? Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio you know, hits, hits the table and actually slices his hand open. It oh, actually Django brings, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Jan, yeah, Django, right? Yep. It just brings kind of a more, I don't know, a real realness to, to, to a movie or to a scene. Yeah. But uh, anyways, we, we went off, <laughs> we went off of the off task there. 
Where are we on this again? So, so Romero, or uh, oh yeah, he's uh, not Romero. Uh, Cameron, Detective Cameron, Tom Atkins is is called to the sorority to to uh, to investigate the body. He sees the kid who, you know, of course, his head's been split open and the slugs have come out. He thinks, you know, it, it reminds him of a essentially an axe wound to the face, you know, which of course brings up you know memories of you know of his girlfriend uh, getting butchered. Or his ex-girlfriend get butchered in 1959. Um, he, uh, I think, the next day he calls in JC and uh, Chris to the, um, to uh, probably to the um, to the precinct to yes. question them because you know the, the 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 janitor said he saw he saw them running out. I hate this. I hate this scene so much. Dude. I I kind of heard this the the banshees one, the screaming like banshees. That it just. This is where the movie is trying uh, so hard to be like, funny again. Like too, way too hard. Like it's not funny. It's not. I. I and it, again, if this is first draft stuff, yeah, okay, this is kind of humorous. Okay, I need to fill this up with something. Okay, they scream like banshees. This this uh, janitor really likes it for some reason. I guess that's a joke. And and then he he, just, he deals with it like three times. Yeah, it's, it's like not way too it's many. not good. I don't like this. It sucks. Yeah. So they, so Chris and yeah, I, I agree it rewatching this and hearing that I'm like, okay, once is fine. But then you just kept on and on it. I think he said it like four or five times. It was like three or four times too many. Um, but, but so, so JC and Chris are, you know, they're, they're called there. Janner saw them. Um, you know, they, they think they were responsible for the incident the night before. Um, you know, so they're questioned by, um, you know, by, uh, uh, detective, uh, Detective Cameron, they said, yeah, you know, we were there, but hey, we didn't, you know, we didn't do this other stuff. We were there, but we, you know, we left. So, but they confessed, uh, they confessed to that, um, you know, uh, to breaking in, but they, you know, they denied moving the corpse. They're like, yeah, we were there, but we didn't move anything, you know? So, um, yeah, but Tom Atkins is a, you know, a no jokey type of detective. He doesn't believe these kids. Bunch of frat kids, bunch of kids oh, trying to get absolutely. trying to get laid. These kids will do anything to get laid. It's 1986. I'm sure he's heard a million. He's probably seen several of these pranks. He's probably heard every excuse in the book. Yeah, know. I bet you a bunch of corpses are getting their heads split open outside of frat houses. Of course, oh kids yeah, get totally. It. Especially in 1986. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but so, it, it, let's just say there's another thing that I had horror movies sometimes operate in different universes okay and this is one of these movies where they operate in a in our universe and let me let me explain our universe where all the rules are the same if we were to plop down within this movie we can expect like physics to be the same we can expect technology to be the same at this time or for the president to be x during this this time in america that's where this movie is is located. The fact that there are aliens or whatever, it's still this universe. The fact that these alien slugs are able to create zombies, it, it's still operating within the rules of our universe. I forgot why I was talking about this. Damn. Well, anyway, I don't know. We yeah. can always edit that. Edit that out. That sucks. My bad. No, I mean... I don't understand where my point was going with this, but I was thinking about this last night, and for some reason... This this I, I wanted this movie to not be our universe, I think. I wanted us to be able to pull out and see that this universe was almost like just something like a creation. Like, you know, a little yeah. boy playing with his toys, like for if we're revisiting that metaphor from earlier. 
Um, and I feel like if that movie did that, then that would suddenly make this movie way better. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. That's okay. We can edit that part out. Or we'll keep it. Mm, yeah, keep it. Or you, keep, co- or you come back to it later and maybe it you know triggers something. You go, yeah, and then we can put it back in. But yeah, keep so, it at this, so at this point, um, Cynthia... Uh, you know, uh, she she attempts to convince Chris and JC that the attacks, you know, that all these attacks are somehow zombie related. You know, of course, they're skeptical, you know. Um, but then, you know, we start to see this kind of this kind of building up this of this relationship between uh, Cynthia and, and Chris, which is, of course, what's kind of started all this. Right. Yeah. They're JC, JC notices it, um, you know, decides to kind of. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to bounce out. I got something else going on, you know, just so that, just so that, uh, Chris and, and Cynthia can spend some time together, you know, a little bonding, you know, um, yeah, that's another thing I hate. <laughs> I hate everything in this movie. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So we've established that Chris wants to get laid. Um, I mean, the movie doesn't explicitly state that Chris wants to get laid, we just know that he wants to be with Cynthia. Look, Cynthia is Cynthia is pretty damn hot. Um, I forgot how damn cute she was after rewatching this movie. She, um, I remember she did. Um, I think she was. Uh, she was in Porky's. I think she was in Weird Science. She. What was funny is I forgot she was actually. She was in Weird Science. She played. Um, uh, there's a scene at a um, at a department store where she's. Uh, She's like the person um, in charge of perfume or something. And that's her. I, I actually forgot that was her. But she, but she's cute as hell. Shit, I'd want to, you know, I'd be trying to get laid too, you know? Yeah, Chris doesn't really care what she says. Um, obviously, she's just a cute, cute lady, um, cute person. Uh, and I, I, I hate this whole movie's plot. Just it's, it's Chris, he's a cute girl, and then everything goes to hell. And again, that's a great idea. Um, if if the movie knew that that's what it was doing, and I don't think the movie knows that that's what it's doing, um, so JC goes off, leaves Chris with Cynthia. Yeah. JC goes to the bathroom. I guess he actually did need to go to the bathroom. He goes to the bathroom. Uh, the janitor has slugs in his, his head. Janitor goes yeah. to the same bathroom that uh, JC is in. JC yeah. is trapped in a stall. Even so, if he could somehow get away, well, he's got crutches. It's hard for him to run. Yeah. Uh, can we go back for a second? Yeah. Chris is somehow, uh, JC is somehow able to keep up with Chris. The, even the janitor says they were running at 40 miles per hour. How fucking fast can JC run in <laughs> crutches? The, crutches. Well, you know, I think we're Was Chris to, like so. purposely slowing himself down? Why is he so out of breath then? Yeah, so what we're supposed to believe is JC has been crippled probably his whole life, and so he's had crutches his whole life, and he's probably damn good with the crutches. So I don't know. Maybe he's 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 a professional with the crutches, and he can move his ass as fast as Chris. I don't know. I wanted the movie to make a joke about this, but the movie doesn't acknowledge it. And this is another thing. The movie's not acknowledging this weird, ridiculous stuff. In, in a way that it should be for what it's trying to do. If it's trying to pay homage to B-movies by being a B-movie, it needs to recognize the fact that it's a B-movie and point out all this ridiculous shit. Yeah, and if JC yeah. can somehow run at 40 miles per hour, tell me a it joke crutches. about it, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so so Chris and, and uh, Cynthia, are, 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 you know, they're walking back to her, her sorority. Um, you know, uh, 
they're talking about, you know, what, what, what Cynthia thinks is happening with the zombies and stuff like that. Of course, you know, Detective Cameron, Tom Atkins overhears this conversation. And this, and this is the thing about if the movie was in this universe, which I, I do believe it was, you would think Cynthia was crazy. And the character does think he's crazy. And you know, I, I almost think you're supposed to think he's an asshole for thinking she's crazy. But yeah, that's crazy. Uh, trying to get her home is is an excellent idea. And then you're like, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't talk to this person anymore. You know? Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it doesn't dissuade him from wanting to be with Cynthia. And that bothers me too. The detective hears some weird stuff. And... I, I really wish that this this movie was in a universe where the, all this stuff was possible, and it just hasn't happened yet. I wish everyone could just believe it. Um, I almost think that Tom Atkins' character does kind of believe it. Does I mean, what do you think at this point in the movie? Because he's hearing weird shit, and I don't quite remember honestly. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I think, I, I think, yeah, I think he senses something definitely weird is happening. But does he believe it's zombies? I don't know if he's there yet. Um, so he, you know, so he, uh, he overheard this conversation. He takes Chris back to his house, you know, goes into this, uh, you know, talk, talks to him about what happened in 1959, you know, the, the lunatic that, 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 you know, killed his ex-girlfriend with the ax and, yeah. um, see, this is where the movie is kind of good. I think this is the, maybe the best scene in the movie where, uh, yeah. um, where Cameron, uh, confesses to the murder. Yeah, it's, it's a good know. scene. Tom Atkins is fucking kills this scene. Yeah. He, it's he, really yeah. good. And I can see if he liked this movie, he probably loved it because of this shit right here. I love, well, this is why I love Tommy Atkins. I, I just, I've always dug him, you know, uh, I liked him in so many movies and, and I, and th- yeah, this is exactly why, you know, he's, 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 he's basically, you know, he, he, he tells Chris the, you know, what happened and then, and then what people don't know is that, you know, it, um, that he basically hunted down this, this, this axe murderer and, and killed him and ended up burying him. What's interesting is he, is is he he buried him in a in a spot where now there's a what is that called it's like where that you have that house mother and she ha, you know you have a sorority and then you have a house mother that kind of you know watches over them and, and she has a separate she has like a separate kind of little cottage and what we find out is where he had buried this that cottage wasn't there originally they had built it over time now that damn that you know the the body of that of that axe murderer that he killed is buried underneath. That comes into play a little bit later, but let's let's get back to JC. JC is in the he's uh, taking care of some business in in the restroom. The janitor comes in. He of course has the slugs in them. Now I, you know he uh, his head opens up. Slugs come out. Uh, JC sees these things. You know crawling the. Crawling around the floor scares the hell out of him. So he, you know, he has, I think he has a, a book of matches, uh, you know, um, try something out, which he, he, he finds out that, 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 uh, fire, you know, uh, kills these things. Um, this makes zero sense to me too. He's that, that fire kills him. I don't understand why JC would reach for a, 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 a book of matches and light it, and then put it on the ground. Yeah, what, what, this, what made this, him think that was going to work immediately? You know, I, what you're freaking out. Why would you do this? I can understand tripping when you're running. I don't understand slowly grabbing a book of matches, lighting on fire, and putting it on the ground. What were you trying to accomplish? Were you trying to hope that a slug randomly 
gets into the path of the matches and hits yeah. the flame and dies. And dies. Was and, that your yeah. plan? Yeah. There. Uh, so the only reason I can think and that this he, movie did, did he light the did he light the toilet paper on fire? Maybe that's what he. No, did. he does the book of matches. He just did the, just that the was the, matches. That's what I thought he would do. Yeah. Like, oh, you're trying yeah. to create a big old fire. Yeah, right. that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't do that. Um, so the only reason I believe this scene exists in the movie is so JC has a way of telling Chris how these guys die. So it's, again, this is a two-week script, two-week-old script. (laughs) He needed a way, he needed a a reason to get Chris to get a flamethrower and light all these bugs on fire. That's the only reason he does what he does, and I hate that. Um, But yeah, uh, J.C., Figures out how to kill the slugs and then he promptly dies. Well, he doesn't die. Well, no, no, gets, this, gets, because, he, this is a cool part because I love these slugs. I, you know, I love these slugs. And and and, and for those who's listening, this this totally reminds me of, of 2006 Slither, which I love. I, I love Slither. I think it's a cool, campy movie as well. And these and, and the slugs in, in Slither look just like the slugs in Night of the Creeps. I think the, the only thing that'd be different would be maybe a color and what I thought was was interesting, I'm like, come on! I mean, these look very similar. The plot's kind of similar, you know, where the slugs get in you and they kind of take over, and they kind of control you. And James Gunn, who who wrote and directs Slither, said he never saw Night of the Creeps. I have a serious hard time believing that. Slugs look the same, same premise. Really, you never saw this, anyways. So so, uh, you know, JC uh, JC gets out of the stall. He doesn't have his crutches, falls on the ground. These, these slugs are going everywhere. This part I love. And uh, on, the, on the bathroom stall, I believe it's in, in front of him, there's in, in, you know, probably in, in some Sharpie or some graffiti, uh, there's, uh, there's words that say, Go Monster Squad. And for those who, who know, James Decker uh, also wrote and directed Monster Squad, which came out a year later. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I like a little shit like that. So that's kind of cool. And I hadn't noticed that before until I rewatched it. I'm like, he did Monster Squad and there it is. So, but uh, JC's on the ground. Slug gets in him. You know. Uh, man, this movie is so forgettable for me. What happens after this? So Cynthia and Chris go back to the sorority. So. Uh, oh, there. Oh, yeah. So. So let's go back to setups and payoffs real fast. I believe this has already happened. Um, one of the sorority sisters of Cynthia mentioned that she's bringing in brains for yes, a I science forgot. experiment. We, yeah, we forgot to mention that because that's important. Yeah, she she asks so Cynthia. I guess leads the what is she the the head? What what do you call that? I don't it doesn't know. matter. It doesn't matter. She she kind of heads the sorority. Uh, this girl's has a some sort of project. What are they? Brains or something? Some sort of yeah, they're brains in jars or something. So she, Cynthia tells her she can put it down in the basement. That comes into play later, but I'm glad you brought that up because I, I forgot about that. Um, let's don't forget. So, so, so Detective Cameron, you know, uh, he, he, he spills his guts to, to Chris, tells him about all this stuff. Then there's a phone call. Uh, there's, uh, there's another body at the sorority house. So he gets a call. Um, that there's a there's an axe wielding lunatic that has killed the house mother because, you know, he had killed this he killed this lunatic, buried buried him in this in the ground. Over time, the the cottage or whatever the house mother lives in was built over it. Now the slugs have ha, are all over the place now, especially around Cynthia's sorority. 
So we're to believe that the slugs got into this, you know, this this lunatic from 27 years earlier. It's now a corpse, kind of rotted away. Slugs are in it. It's now it's now roaming around, you know, the 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 the, college, the, the campus area, yielding a you know yielding an axe. So you know, Detective Cameron's called over there. Hey, you know, I think it comes over the comes over the the um, the, the radio. Hey, we, we we got him. We got him. So they head over to to where this, uh, you know, this lunatic is. They kind of got him cornered, you know, the typical zombie walk, got the axe, and, you know, um, they got him cornered. And then I think, uh, you know, he turns around, and, and, of course, you know, Detective Cameron realizes, I believe he realizes, hey, I think this is the, I think this is the idiot that I, that I killed a lot, you know, a long time ago. They shoot him. Uh, slugs come out. They scurry off. I don't understand how the slugs work. So slugs, they go into someone's mouth. They somehow reach the brain. I don't know how they do that without destroying like the inner tissue. And then they they reproduce and incubate in, in the brain. Um, okay, so this axe murderer has been in the ground for twenty years. Twenty seven years, something. Twenty seven this yeah. guy has Ish. no this guy has no brain. There's nothing. In, there's nothing cork. there. Yeah, there's. It should be just a skeleton, right? It, it should be just yeah, like dried skin, skeleton, yeah, yeah. something like that. There's yeah. nothing there, but of course, uh, Fred Decker really wanted an old axe wielding zombie walking Which around is, the street. It's it's kind of cool. It's it's. I'm I'm willing to suspend my disbelief, but how do the slugs work? I don't I understand. Just, I don't know. I don't. They get, in, they get in you. They they. Can, but this this is not can, a living thing. This thing has been in the ground for years. I know. I There's know. nothing there. There's no it's, brain. There's yeah. nothing. There's no True. heat. It's just dirt. Anyway, okay. But yeah, the thing that, okay. So uh, raw, uh, Cameron blows up the zombie's head. Slugs go everywhere. This is another great idea. This is a fantastic idea. I love this part about this movie. Like I said, this movie is wrapped in uh, good ideas, but the actual meat is just, it's just not good. Um, I love the fact that the zombies, when you try to blow up their heads, which is a classic thing you do with zombies. Yeah, yeah. Is, is, is yeah. they would die, but in this movie, no, you make it worse. You release, <laughs> you release, release the slugs. Yeah, yeah, you release the slugs. That creates more zombies. You kill one zombie, boom! Now there's potentially five more zombies that can also like take away five of your survivors. That's yeah, uh, that's yeah. that's bad math for you. I love this so much. Yeah. Why do you not play with this idea more? I love this, but um, also. We'll also talk about some of the zombie kills later, and those are pretty cool, and that kind of feeds into this idea. Um, but yeah, uh, this this zombie gets blown up, uh, and then uh, you know, Cameron. These slugs are everywhere. Essentially, now they're they're getting into. The, I think they get into the dog. They get into uh, Brad. You know, the 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 the, the douchebag. Uh, uh, you know, well, frat guy. Um, Cameron goes back to his apartment, and then in the meantime, uh, I believe uh, Cynthia is back into the sorority and Chris is now going back to uh, his dorm. Uh, he's back at the dorm. He sees a note from uh, JC that on the note, it says, listen. Yeah. And on the, on the note is a tape recorder. So, so this is so, so, so Chris and Cynthia decide they're going to go to this formal dance together. Of course, you know, Chris is just stoked about this. So he gets back, he goes and gets a tuxedo and at the whole time, well, where the hell's JC? Cause this would have been the the day before the day after. So so JC he, he doesn't know where JC is, and yeah. then and then he's getting he's going to do his thing. He's getting his tux and whatever corsage. I don't know whatever he's getting, and then he comes back to the his dorm and yeah 
JC's still not there. A note that says, you know, listen to me. And it's a tape recorded message, which was, which was kind of a little creepy, unsettling, man. Like, that's the second, this is the second best scene in the movie. Also, I don't understand that you don't understand, Dad. It's, he's trying to get laid. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? When, when, when you got getting laid on your mind, everything else goes out the window. Was right? Yeah. This so is, it's like, ask her, JC. Yeah, weird shit's happening on campus. Heads are being split open. You know, but ah, my best friend, ah, you know, I'm gonna, I'm going out tonight. I'm gonna go out of this dance. I'll maybe get some. Uh, this is the '80s. I really just wish that people in the '80s had hobbies besides like sports. Like if if, if JC and Chris had like hobbies, none of this would have happened. They'd have been at home or at the dorm. I don't know, playing D and D or something. But <laughs> yeah. but but instead, you know, everyone starts to die. Um, but yeah, no, I love this note I, because it, it, it's directed so, or it's uh, performed so well by, uh, who plays JC again? Uh, JC. Oh, I don't know. Uh, JC is, um, Steve Marshall. Steve Marshall. Yeah. Steve, yeah. Steve yeah. Marshall. And, he's, he's, he's doing the Downey Jr. thing. He doesn't quite do it as well as Downey Jr., but he does, he does a fine enough job. Um, and his performance here on the tape recorder is quite good. You definitely feel that he is losing his mind and dying and that he's scared and uh yeah. you know he's still trying to help his bud chris yeah he's and trying he, to yeah and he's still trying to help him get laid from the grave um yeah so he's yeah so I, anyway uh he tells chris in this tape recording message that uh hey um i just so happened to figure out that the slugs that are now in my brain and killing me will be released from my body and that uh in order to kill these slugs you know get get them a little hot and warm um you know put a you know put a little roast on it uh just put the, get them on fire um and okay um i don't understand why this movie why, why fire why why can't anything kill them why 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 fire specifically um I, uh, when when these another thing that i hate I, I love the fact that you blow up their heads slugs come out but a shotgun blast to the head should also eviscerate the slugs inside the head <laughs> Maybe they do. Maybe they, instead of 10 coming out, only nine come out because, you know. You're right. My <laughs> you bad. Know? You're right. My bad. But, my uh, so yeah, we off. listen to this this message from JC. It's, and JC. It's sad. It's sad at this point because, like I said, I feel like at this point, the, the at least with this scene, it, 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 it takes on a different tone than the rest of the movie. You know, he listens to this. He explains it. He wishes in the best with Cynthia. Hey, you know. Um, you know, this is, this is, you know, this is what happens, you know, it's, it's fire, it's heat. Hey, by the way, I was able to walk, which that's kind of, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, it's because the slugs are just, you know, they're able to take control of the body and make them do whatever. It's sad. It's It's like a real sad, it's like a real sad downer part of the movie, you know, because you do have campiness and you do have some, a lot of comedy and, and kind of hokey stuff. And then, like I said, it just takes on a. A different feel at this point. It's so funny. It's so funny that you find this scene um, like a downer because yeah. the whole movie is a downer for me. Uh, yeah, I know. I know you <laughs> so, don't like it. So this movie, this this scene felt good to me actually because yeah. it, it it's it's it, in the movie. Here's how I feel. Yeah, watching this movie. But see, I, I no, I get it. I mean, I understand you didn't like it. I I, I liked it. I, you know, I lo- I love the feel of it. Um, also, up, until, G- up until this part, see, this is what I, you know, look. The, the, the thing is, is this is a mashup of, of 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 genres for sure. This is a horror comedy sci-fi movie 
Well, dude, where do you think the horror comes in? There has to be a little. Yeah, bit of horror. no, I know, I know. I just, it just, I, it was, it was a sad, it was sad for me because um, hey, it's okay to be sad. You can be sad. Yes, I know. I, I think, I think I would have been fine if. I know this is sounds this sounds this sounds crazy, but if if JC was taken over by these slugs and they shot him, and I think I would have felt better about that than him going down to the the, the boiler room, the you know the the broiler room where JC's body is just laying on the ground with these burn up slugs around him. It just it was just so isolated, like. I it just I, I hated it. I didn't like it. I, I, I mean, I I understand, I understand why they did it, but I didn't like it. I just felt it had a different tone in the rest of the movie. You know, this this kid was already this kid we know has been essentially like disabled his whole friggin' life. Probably has low self esteem, even though he's a likable guy, and he's he's down in the damn broiler room by himself. And that's where Chris finds him. And it just sucked. You know, um, this is where I thought the movie was going to do something cool. Um, I thought, because JC clearly shows, I mean, despite doing something really stupid at the beginning of the movie, JC is one of the most logical people within the film. I thought he was doing something very smart here. And this is where I would have given the movie a ton of credit if it veered this direction. Yes. JC's been done dirty in this movie. We both agree with that. I, yeah. I don't like the fact that he died. I do love that tape recorder, though. That's a great that's a great scene. Um, but uh, he tells him that he's in the boiler room. Chris yeah. goes to ins- inspect. I was expecting to find JC alive. I thought the heat from the boiler room would have cooked the slugs yeah. in his body. Even though at the time he had yeah. already said that he he lost his pulse, he thought he was dead. I thought through some through some magic that he was killing the slugs by going in the boiler room. Apparently, maybe the slugs just wanted to go somewhere warm. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe. So, yeah, JC, you find is, you know, he died. He died by himself, uh, looking out for his friend, but still by himself in probably Even one in of the, the most in, uh, uncomfortable places possible. Yeah, and essentially a, a hot, sweaty basement. And, and, but, but it's still in the recorded message. He still wishes his friend good luck with Cynthia. Yeah. After all of this, after all the shit that's going on with him, he's still he is still looking out for his buddy. You know, and that's like even it's even I don't know. Yeah, JC is a way better character than any other character in this movie, and they they do him dirty. He's a big old mud. Pile I, you know, at the and end that's of this movie. you know, I mean, and I don't want to go off on a on a tangent, but I, this this Steve Marshall, I thought he was great in this man, and and he didn't do he didn't do shit afterwards, I, I which is surprising. Like, why? You know? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I is do, it just because the movie bombed? And but he was so he was so good. Well, he plays kind of like a nerd character in this movie, right? And then nerd characters kind of fade out towards the end of the 80s. Am I wrong in that? Uh, before my time. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, no, I think a lot of the nerd characters went on to do other stuff. I mean, I don't think that's why. I think it, this probably boils down to that the movie didn't do as well as they thought it would. And, you know, so. But but anyway, so, so where are we at now? So, we, you know, Chris reads the message. He finds J.C., he shows up to to uh, Detective Cameron's uh, apartment or house, whatever it is. Um, you know, lets him know that JC is you know JC's dead. But hey, you know we have a solution to this slug problem. What what bothered me a little bit is is Tom Atkins' character was getting ready to commit suicide. Had all the had all the gas stoves on, ready to call it quits, man. 
you know, it's almost a contradiction of his character. He's supposed to be kind of this badass tough guy, and he's taking the easy way out by killing himself. I, I don't know. This is another point where, like, the movie is so close to doing something really cool. Yeah, you've got this tough guy with this uh, tough guy veneer, and now it's about to. We're about to see it disappear. Um, we're, well, we get we get an opportunity of vulnerability in the character. This guy uh, is reliving something from the past that destroyed him and informed the, his character for the rest of his life. And he, it just happens. It, it comes back uh, and he has to deal with it again. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. he wants to end his life. And yeah. this, is, this, is, this is good. This is good character work. Um, but the movie doesn't, doesn't do anything with it. Like it's, it just shows up. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great little character detail. It's like, hey, yeah, Chris, but, Chris shows up. Hey, you know, and it, maybe that's why it works well in this movie is because, well, that's kind of all you get in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And then so they uh, they decide to go to the uh, they decide they they need uh, you know, hey, we know fire kills them, so let's let's head over to the armory, you know, the 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 police armory or whatever you call that. Um, let's go get a. Yeah, the police armor. Let's go get a let's go get a flamethrower. Of course, you know the, the guy running the armory is like, "Hey, let me let me see your order." He's like, "Yeah, I don't have one of those," you know. So uh, you know they get the they get the flamethrower. What what I thought was cool is is uh, uh, the the armory guy uh, uh, Walt, uh, played by Dick Miller. He's done a ton of stuff over the years: Terminator, Gremlins, The Howling. What I thought was cool is he was in Demon Knight. Which is, I, mean, I know a movie. Yeah, uh, I know a movie you're talking about. Yeah, which which I know you like with uh, Billy Zane and William Sadler, but he played that, uh, I think it was Uncle Willie. I think he was the drunk, but he's been in a ton of stuff. But yeah, he's like, okay, well, let me have your order. And yeah, I'm sorry, uh, I don't have that. And they get the flamethrower. So they show up to the, um, they show up to uh, the sorority house uh, just as uh, Cynthia breaks up with Brad, which this scene annoyed the shit out of me. So Brad has now been possessed, I guess, or whatever by these slugs, shows up to the sorority, rings the doorbell or knocks. The girls in the sorority go, hey, Cynthia, Brad's here. She comes out. You don't fucking realize that he's a zombie? You yourself said earlier that you think this is zombie related. Your 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 ex-boyfriend or whatever shows up and he's pale and he's he's walking like a fucking zombie, but you don't realize that. <laughs> and so I think at this point, isn't this where where do, uh, you know uh, Chris and the detective show up to the sorority just as Brad is getting ready to do something to Cynthia? Shotgun, you know, right? Shotgun to the was it a shotgun to the head, and then the flamethrower to kill the slugs? Is that what kind of happened here? Shotgun sounds extremely risky to shoot a shotgun. Right. By. <laughs> right. I could have swore it was a handgun, but he's got both at this point. It might be a handgun. You know, you know, there's like a lot of commentary when it comes to zombie films. You know, look, don't look no further than Romero's movies, you know, consumerism and like Day of the Dead. Um, and I was really hoping that uh, the zombie the zombie metaphor in this movie would be, yeah. Uh, being young, you're like devoid of character. You kind of suck. You're not. You're just like a husk at this point. You know, you're boring. Figure it out. But this movie doesn't go there. Like Brad, the Bradster, being like this douchey dude, having no character whatsoever besides how much money he has and how cool he is. Like that's not that's not enough to define anybody. 
I was I was really wishing that that was the commentary on, in this movie, but I don't think it has any. And I just hate that I ha- I'm thinking about this stuff now, and like all this cool stuff he could have done with this idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, De- no, definitely. But yeah, all right. So, all right, so I, I get. This is where the cool stuff happens in this movie. Yeah, um, this this is this is pretty cool. I, I love this shit because I have my problems with this too, but I love the fact that you know, killing a zombie is a tag team effort. Now you have to get help. So yeah, if someone yeah. pops the head, someone else burns the, the slugs. <laughs> the slugs. Yeah, now, yeah. Should the bullets kill the slugs too? Absolutely. But yeah. you know, I will let it slide if we get some cool tag team stuff. When it comes to zombie killing, I'm so into that, and it's one of the one of the few creative ideas in this movie that I'm so hard into. Because yeah, what Cynthia has the flamethrower, right? They kind of swap. They kind of yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I believe it's Cynthia on the flamethrower through with and Chris on the Chris on the whatever shotgun. Chris or, on the shotgun. Yeah. So 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 in the meantime, little before this, all, the, the the whole fraternity is is all dressed up to the nine, and and they're getting picked up in a bus to head to the formal dance. They're on their way. Uh, they're on their way to the dance. Have a good time. You know the theme of this: get maybe get laid, get lucky. Uh, we see a, a the zombie dog that has a slug in him in the middle of the road. The the bus driver veers off, crashes the bus, basically killing everybody. Right, yeah. basically killing all the all of the frat guys. And yeah, all dead now. and yeah, they're all dead now. Of course, uh, the 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 slugs have uh, taken them over. So so now we get to the. I, this is yeah one of my favorite parts. Uh, you know, really one of my fucking favorite lines of all time. Uh, you know, but uh, so yeah, so they're they're they're. Uh, I think they're now uh, Cynthia and and Detective Cameron and and Chris are. Hey, hey, we got to get the hell you guys the hell out of this uh, this sorority. You know, shit's going down. The, the 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 dates show up which which I have to I have to say it this is seriously like one of my favorite lines of all time when Tom Atkins he's he's uh, he's looking out the window and he says uh, he says I got good news and bad news girls the good news is your dates are here and then one of the girls is like well what's the bad news and he's like they're dead and I friggin' love that shit it's it's so kind of Tom Atkins some kind of hokey you know but it's perfect it's perfect for this. I like so, that line. I like that line too. Um, it's the only other line that really stood out to me is when uh, uh, Cameron is confessing to the murder, and Chris says, "Should you be telling me this?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that movie needs to, you know, understand what it's doing. And oh, all right, let's go. Let's, let's keep going. Yeah. So, so we have, um, so we have, you know, these uh, the, the dates. The zombies are uh, they're trying to get in, and and of course they're they're trying to do what they can to to, to kill them, right? Um, so it's, you know, shotgun to the head, slugs spill out, flamethrower. Of course, we're now inside of the the sorority. Girls everywhere. Um, there's a uh, there's a scene which I friggin' love. Uh, which is where um, Tom Atkins' character, he, Detective Cameron, is telling the girl to go go lock the damn door, and I think one of the one of the zombies breaks through the breaks through the glass. I think it's I think it's the scene, and it's and it's the scene, and, and you and I had to look it up. You know, uh, it's it's called a, a, a dolly zoom, and and this is important because uh, Decker, who who directed this, um his favorite movie was, was Jaws. 
And there's a scene in Jaws where uh, Roy Scheider's character is on the beach. And, and uh, he's chilling on the beach and, and it's full of people. And he's still, of course, reluctant. No one should be, you know, no one should be swimming. And there's a scene where he's looking out in the water. And, of course, he sees this, you know, the water coming up in its blood and everything. And there's this, there's this, uh, there's a scene where it's like this effect in it. And it, and we had to look it up. It's called Dolly Zoom. And uh, it's essentially where, uh, wherein the, the uh, background appears to change um, size relative to the subject. Now, with, with uh, Decker's favorite movie being Jaws, he does this in Night of the Creeps, which I thought was pretty cool. And he does this right around this time where, you know, the, 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 the dates are breaking into the, you know, breaking into the sorority. I, I don't know. I freaking love this. I freaking love this part, you know. So they're, you know, they're shooting, they're shooting these zombies, killing them, slugs popping out. They're, they're burning them up. There's a, uh, there's a cool scene. And I didn't know, I didn't realize this. I was watching the special features. They, they stuck, they stuck Tom Atkins. Cause when, remember when he spins around and he's shooting, I think they stuck him on something that would rotate. And then, so he would rotate, you know, they'd put him on this, he rotated and you start shooting everything, which was, which was kind of cool. There's a couple cool flares, that being one of them. The other one when the bus driver is about to crash, his eyes pop out. Oh, what? Yeah, I don't remember that. that. I didn't notice that part. Yeah, it's like Son a, of a bitch. It's like a dummy head and his eyes pop no out. No shit. Like, yeah. I don't think I remember that part. There's a lot of cool there's some cool stuff in this movie. And, you know, I wish there was more of it. Yeah. yeah. So so where are we at? So now they're essentially you know, they're they're uh they're, they're zombie killing. Yeah, there's on. They're killing all. They're killing all the zombies. Um, uh, I mean, it's it's fitting. I, I think at this uh, point they've killed just about most of them, right? Well, you know, these are all frat zombies. Frat, the frat zombies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who cares about frat people, right? <laughs> um, so they're all dead. Uh, and then oh, at this, oh, right? So they have to make their way back into the, the sorority house for some reason. Well, remember, so they they start they they see the slugs and oh, they're and they want to go back in because they know there are brains down there. And they know well, there, the yeah. So what they yeah. So what they realize is the, um, there's like a um, the the ton of these slugs. They they're seeing them going down in a, in the basement of the the sorority. And then Cynthia remembers, hey, yeah, there's that 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 experiment down there, you know. Of course, their brains, you know, why wouldn't they be? So, um, and so, yeah, they're, they're, they they uh, they she explains, yeah, a member had had received a specimen for biology class. Um, it's in the basement, so they go down there, and there is a just a shit ton of these slugs. I mean, I don't even know thousands upon thousands of these things in that in that corner where these brains are. Yeah, this is a cool effect. I don't quite know how they did it. It almost looks like a matte painting with like some other elements thrown on top with like squiggling slugs. Yeah, but it looks pretty good. Yeah, there's it's like, there's like it's kind of a cool effect. Slugs. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of cool effect. You yeah, can't actually, you can't even see the brains anymore. It's just like a big giant triangular corner of slugs. It's dope. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, obviously the slugs are attracted to the brains because that's like their that's like their womb. That's where they go to like yeah know, yeah do the um, little birthing thing. Yeah, so we know uh, we you know they get down there, they see this big pile, they see Detective Cameron, he's already down there, he's uh, he's got his mouth taped up because of course he knows slugs come through the mouth, you know, so he's got he's he's got uh, I think I think gasoline, um, you know, he's the idea here is let's just let's burn every let's let's kill all these sons of bitches you know let's kill all of them, 
So, you know, he, he basically kind of gives them a nod. Hey, look, I got this. <laughs> you know, hell, he was going to kill himself earlier in the movie. So, you know, uh, let's let's die. Let's douse everything with gas. Let's blow this this friggin sorority house up and kill all, everything, all these slugs and everything. So he starts counting down. I, I think he gives them what does he give them? I don't know. Let's just say 10 seconds or whatever. You know, Cynthia and, and Chris have to get their ass out of no, this house. He gives them 20 seconds. Is it 20? It's 20 seconds, and it's like in a regular countdown. It's like 20. And they're in sync, too. It's like every, no, each it's, scene. That's the thing. It doesn't make any sense. He's like 20, and then he waits like two beats, and it's like yeah. 19. Then he waits like three beats, and it's like 18. Then he waits no beats, and it's like 17. And Chris is somehow keeping up on time with this. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then he opens up the, we got to forget, he opens up the, the gas valve, doesn't he? Well, yeah, I think you yeah. gotta make f- fire big. Yeah, so he opens up the gas valve. Yeah, they're counting down. They're trying to get out of the house, um, and then uh, yeah, you know, then all of a sudden the the slugs, you know, right as he's getting ready to to light this son of a bitch up, the slugs come towards him. But of course, he lights it, blows blows the the sorority house up, catches on fire, with the idea that he's dead and the slugs are dead, and that's it. You know. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Chris and and Cynthia live happily ever after, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's not really. I mean, oh no, that's really not what we get. You no. know. So in the theatrical, uh, what the theatrical ending had, uh, they were, you know, they're chilling out there. You know, the, the sortie house is on fire, ambulance or whatever. You know, fire trucks, pol- police officers. You know, they're they're chilling outside, hugging each other. You know, the dog rolls up. And of course, the dog is a zombie, and then you get the slug that comes out of the mouth, and that was, I think, the theatrical, the theatrical ending. But in the yeah, I mean, the the slug goes towards uh, Cynthia's mouth. Yeah, and then it ends, and so we're to assume she's you know right. But we watched the uh, the the home release, and the home release has, I guess, the original you know Decker's original ending, which is um, uh, Cameron uh, burnt to a crisp, but somehow still able to walk. Uh, he falls to the ground, slugs come out, slugs scurry around, slugs go to a cemetery. <laughs> we pan up, there's a giant freaking spaceship. Uh, yeah. The aliens from the beginning. Yeah, the I think the, the idea here is what's the slugs now? Hey, we got all these, uh, we got all these uh, uh, corpses that are in the cemetery we can, inha- you know, inhabit, I guess. And again, then, but again, the what the hell, where the hell was the spaceship the last 27 years? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, we're, Right? I mean, did it take 27? Maybe they, maybe the idea was they, they, it took them 27 years to hit all these different, uh, I don't know, galaxies and, 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 and areas in space. And then they, they happened to, you know, cut, I don't know, once this all, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know which ending I, I prefer. I don't know. Um, you know, this buildup of, you know, this whole movie, you're, I don't know. You're trying to kill these things, and then I, it's a typical, it's a typical ending, right? To a, to a movie like this. I mean, of course they're not. The slugs aren't gone or dead, and that's it. You know, you're never gonna get that. You know, I. So I guess if I was to, if I had a preference, I would almost say give me the dog and the slug ending. I'm cool with that. I don't think I want to see Tom Atkins, you know, Detective Cameron rolling out. He's burnt up. He falls down, slugs come out. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not feeling that ending so much. I think I like the dog and the slug ending. That's just. I guess just my opinion. You know, your preference, care. <laughs> I know you know you don't care because you didn't like the movie. 
No, I don't. I really don't care. Um, I, you know, so, so you know, I, I mean, yeah, I, I understand. You didn't like it. Um, you know, um, not oh, your, not your, not your, not your thing. You definitely seem, which is crazy. That you seem to like Happy Birthday to Me more than this one. Happy Birthday to Me knows what it's doing. This movie pretends like it kind of knows what it's doing, yeah, but it doesn't quite. It doesn't hit the mark. Yeah, I it's guess like, I could it's agree like telling with that. a joke, like a five minute joke, and then the punchline doesn't land. That's this entire yeah. movie for me. Yes, yeah, and that. there's a few ideas that I think are great, but they're not expounded on at all. Yeah, it's 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 see to, to me these are one of these movies like I was saying earlier. They're it's very campy. It's not serious, um, and these are fun for me. I, I love movies like this, and 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 you know we'll watch some other ones down the road. Um, but you know, like like I mentioned, Slither, uh, you know, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You know, these are the Blob, which is another movie I think we should do. Um, um, they're just fun, and you know, they, they don't take themselves too serious. And I just love the, I love, I love when it's, when there's some humor involved and, and there's definitely that humor in here and, uh, and there's so many different things happening that are just kind of kooky and and I like it. So, but anyways, so, um, yeah, Night of the Creeps. Anything else, uh, anything else you want to say? Wrap it all up because I know how much you loved it. Um, I don't watch this movie. Don't watch this movie? Oh, don't say that. No, 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 no. Watch this movie. And we're going to, we'll, look, this, this is perfect because there's going to be a lot of this where you and I uh, are going to disagree. Um, but I say watch it. I say it's a fun movie. Is it the greatest movie ever? No, it's not. It's a, it's a typical 80s kind of sci-fi horror comedy. It's a cool-ass movie. I like it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us at both Twitter and Instagram, at Ear for Fear. You can also check out our website, earforfear.com. There you can purchase merch and stay up to date on current episodes as well as news and events. We hope you come back and get an earful. See you soon.